everyone, welcome to Gist with OJA. I hope you are doing very well. I'm doing very well as usual. Today is another amazing time on my Victory Story series. You know, I believe that our trials are not about us alone. They are for someone else to hear our Victory Stories and realize they are not alone. Today is another beautiful time with a wonderful guest. I would quickly like to take this break. When I return, I would introduce the guest to you properly. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Gist with OJA. I have my guest here. My guest is the voice of our artists a professional singer, a writer, a super amazing mom. She's a light of hope and an embodiment of joy. She lost her husband in a way no one should lose a loved one in 2020. And as I found out she was pregnant just two days after. Today, I have with me a Victor. Her name is Shionfumi Joanne Steven. Hello Joanne, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You're welcome. I've watched a couple of your interviews and also some of your Instagram reels. And I must say, I am marveled at your strength. Like, you have so much strength. So I just want us to quickly go straight to um, my questions because I've been thrilled by <laughs> how you do your stuff, actually. So can you just um, give us a brief background of um, what happened on the... So on July 2020, how did the incident happen? Okay, uh, how it happened was, um, it was a normal Friday, you know, um, I was, we were with the kids at home and my husband uh, said he was going to go out. And I told him, oh, babe, it's a Friday. Let's just stay at home and have fun. This thing you're going for is not important. It's something that you can take care of over the phone. And he insisted that he had to go. Um, I'd also ordered a pack of small chops that was actually coming as a surprise for him. So, like, that, um, one of the reasons why I didn't want him to leave the house because I just wanted us to stay home and have fun that day. So... Um, at about 3 p.m., my neighbor came to my house and told me that my husband was at a hospital and I was needed there. And um, at that point, Patrick and I never really believed in the whole nanny thing. We just did everything ourselves. So I just packed the kids and I just went with them to the hospital. I got there, the hospital was empty and I was wondering, how come the hospital is empty? I called my husband's number. Somebody picked up and said, Madam, come outside. When I got outside, what I saw was, was horrible. I saw my husband in a pep. He had an IV in his arm that they had hooked up. I guess the doctors or nurses, whatever. And they tied a bandage a bandage on his head. He was bleeding from his nose, his mouth, his ears, and his head was like twice its normal size. You know, so that was when I found out that it was a gunshot wound. And um, yeah, so that's that, That's how it, that day began, basically. Wow. 
So probably they've attended to him earlier, he would have survived it. Yes, if they had rushed him into the surgery, if they had given him blood, because he was losing blood. And when you are losing blood and you're not getting blood, the body would the body would definitely um give up at some point. So they gave me the excuse that they didn't have a blood, they didn't have a um they didn't have blood or something like that, you know, which which was very preposterous to me for a specialist hospital like they call themselves um if he had been rushed into surgery at the time early enough because i heard that the incident happened at 1 p.m and i got to the hospital at three so you know he might have had a chance a chance to live if he had been attended to on time I can only imagine how you feel because I can't say I I understand actually. It must have been very hard for you. Okay, so um I discovered that you found out you were pregnant two days after the incident. Yes, I found out two days, exactly two days. I had been crying, my blood pressure was over the roof, and they just wanted me to take me take me to the hospital, admit me and control it with you know medication and rest. And then the doctor decided that before he would start me on those routine drugs, I needed to do a blood test just to clear pregnancy out of the way. And I'm thinking, there's absolutely no way I'm pregnant. And then they check, and then it's positive. <laughs> yeah. So I found out exactly two days after. <laughs> that must have been very hard. So how, when you found out you were pregnant, like what were the thoughts in your head? How did you feel? that you just lost somebody and now a new life is coming well um i felt distraught i felt distraught i also felt just a tiny little glimmer of hope because he just it seemed like he had left a part of him with me <laughs> you know so just a tiny little glimmer a very tiny one yeah, but for the most part, I was distraught. I was, I was heartbroken. I was thinking, how how am I going to go through pregnancy without Patrick? So, I felt a lot of things. You know, it was um, it was a very very traumatic experience. It's, it's such an experience that no one should go through. Actually, it's, it's most yeah. traumatic. Yeah, because seeing that pregnancy itself is a whole experience, then having to lose a loved one is another experience on its own. And it must have been very exactly. difficult for you to handle. Yes, it was. It was. It was. It, my first and second trimesters, like I call them, were a blur. <laughs> you know, I was just waking up every day and trying to survive the day. Just trying to survive, you know. By the third trimester, I had, you know, had some strength and then decided, you know what, this baby deserves love. This baby deserves um, the best, the best that that I can give him or her. Um, the, baby, the baby didn't ask to be born. <laughs> you know, the baby didn't ask to come into the world, you know. Um, yeah. I'm so sorry for you had to go through, but thank God you said you found a glimpse of hope, and that's 
that's what we should all find in every situation we find ourselves because no matter how bad a situation may be when we look closely there will still be a sense of hope something that will still give us a reason to continue to live so when you give it to your baby, yeah your baby seeing her for the first time how did you feel well, when I saw the baby, of course, I had a C-section, so I was still, you know, on the medic- heavy medication, the pain and everything. But my major concern was, is she okay? Is she all right? I didn't even know it was a girl until about 35 weeks, you know. Um, so I just wanted to know, is she okay? That's the first thing I asked. I mean, I remember when they brought her out in the theater and I heard her cry. I was like, oh, relief. Like, um, thank God, she's fine. So when I saw her, I saw that she had her daddy's eyes. You know, she looked like my other babies look when they were born. They always looked like their father. I was like, wow, I have another replica of Patrick. I thought maybe this one would look like me somehow. <laughs> you know? So I just thought, oh, such, such a beautiful, um, such a beautiful baby. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God she came out very fine. And I saw a picture. Yeah. She's really beautiful. Okay. Thank well, you. I, I saw, I was just um, watching some of the Instagram videos, like I said earlier. And I was like, where, where did she get this strength from? I know okay, it's been almost two years and then we have to move. We have to, but your strength, the way you, you know, you express your joy is... It's not something we can comprehend, actually. So, um, do people make you feel like you are moving on too fast, or you are like you are forgetting too fast? Some people make me feel like I'm moving on too fast. Some people make me feel like I'm not moving on fast enough. Wow. <laughs> I would say I would say the ratio would be like 70-30. 70% of people are like, you know, uh, slow down, like. Um, yeah, we know that you are, you are, you are strong and everything, which is not my strength. It's the strength of God. It takes. I, I believe that it takes the strength of God to go through grief because grief is 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 not um it's not easy. It's very trying on the mind. So I believe that God has really really helped me. I believe that whatever strength that people see is the strength and the life of God on the inside of me. That's the only way I can describe it. Um. Some people say, okay, I remember a guy came into my DM yesterday and he was like, oh, um, stop making your messages too emotional. Make them more motivational. As if I don't put motivational messages out there. I mean, people practically try to tell me what to do. People want to tell me how to grieve, how to live my life. You know, I mean, when you are a widow, you get a lot of unsolicited advice. I'm still going to post one this evening. You know that I got from an older gentleman in church. <laughs> you know, so I, I just listen to everything, and I still do what I want to do as long as it pleases God. As long as, you know, I'm doing right, right by me, right by my family, my immediate family. That is, you know, that's that's fine. I'm not. Um, yeah, people try to people say things like, "Oh, uh, I remember somebody came into my comment section and said." What you're doing is totally embarrassing. That should you even be should you even be thinking about marriage at this point? Another guy said to me, it looks like you are in desperate need of a man. You know, people just 
say all sorts of rubbish. Somebody else came to me and said uh, that stop recycling your grief. Um, it looks like you're trying to be Instagram widow of the year. <laughs> you know, people say all sorts of horrible things, you know, um, but I listen to everybody and I still do what I want to do at the end of the day because at the end of the day, it's my life, it's my grief, it's my pain. How I choose to express it. You can't tell me how to grieve. You can't tell me how to express my pain. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. So, surely, exactly different strokes for different folks. You can't tell. Exactly. Yeah, you can't tell me. Okay, this is how to do it because you don't know how I feel. <laughs> it's yeah. not your husband, and people can be insensitive and. They just think they can give people any kind of advice because they feel like. I think people should exactly. really watch it when they are trying to give advices because you stop putting yourself in the person's shoes. Because even if you have the same similar experience, you are not me. And then I choose to yeah. behave the way I want. Thank you so much yeah. for um, for this. And I I was watching one of your interviews. I think day before yesterday, and you were like, people don't actually. Move and I yeah. just yesterday I went I, I lost somebody almost 10 years ago but I've not gone to the vicinity in a while and going there yesterday I felt like, like there were tears in my eyes I was so emotional I'm like okay how have you been able to move forward actually well um, moving forward is hard it's hard first of all you have to be ready mentally and then you have to make a decision that i want to move forward i want to move forward for my life and i made that decision i think after i had my daughter my my last daughter i decided that if patrick were with me right now if you were watching me he would not want me to be sad, depressed. He wouldn't want me to shrink back and be a lesser version of myself because I'm a widow now. No. He want me to go out there. He would want me to be happy. And so I, I have a goal for what I want my life to look like. I have a goal for what I want for my children. And being depressed and sad and shrinking back and not taking chances and just letting life happen to me, it's not going to make that goal happen. You know, moving forward is a conscious decision. You have to decide, I'm going to move forward with life. I'm going to, I'm going to move forward with life. And trust me, when you decide to move forward, things will just begin to fall into place. Things will just begin to fall into place to help you I mean, I told someone that I took several actions in moving forward. I um, I started taking courses. I started taking singing lessons, makeup lessons. Um, I started taking parenting courses, keeping my mind very busy and occupied and improving myself. Um, widowhood for me has been a time of self-improvement and self-discovery i mean i was someone before i got married i mean i should tap into that 
wanting to get to know myself all over again now that my husband is gone you know i shouldn't just sit down and think oh woe is me my life is over yes something bad happened but life goes on life is not going to stop because my husband died so might as well get up and get going you would definitely have those low times you would definitely have times where you are sad where you are discouraged but just take it in stride that you know um that's that's just life some some days are good and some days are not but i'm not going to give up How, whatever it is however it is i am feeling i'm going to keep going so it's just it's just a resolve that i it's just a decision that i made you know um my children are still so young then none of them is 6 years old yet why why, why do i want to why do I, why do i want to shrink back and not live life i can't do that that's that's not good for me it's not good for them as well so it's just a conscious decision i made that i want to live i want to live a full life i want to be really happy and i'm going to do everything in my power to ensure that that happens so help me god Amen. Thank you so much for these words, and I'm sure for everyone listening, Eddie, that before she got married, she had a life, and whatever it is that may happen to us in this course of life, you know, we should find strength. And I was going to ask you that um, where and um, this joy, because I know that joy actually is not a function of what is happening or how we feel. Yeah. It's a deliberate effort to choose to be in that state. So you know, we see on Instagram, yeah. and, you know, every other place. Like it seems you are really joyous and everything. You get triggered at times. At the times when you still break down, at the times when you still, you know, you want to retreat. Of course. Um, yesterday, my son did something that my husband used to do. My children look exactly like their father. And when my husband um, has been in the sun. and he's sweating there's a way he just he puts his hand over his face to kind of like wipe the sweat or it's just like like something that he does you know just like the way some people you know um roll their tongue or lick their lips yeah. it's just some involuntary thing that he does and my son did it and he looked exactly like his father for that one second and he looks exactly like his father but at that at that point he just felt like I was looking at Patrick and then my last daughter just there walking and I'm thinking oh my god Patrick is missing this he's missing this you know things things like that or sometimes when I watch a video of him laughing and having fun and looking so alive and like he's here like he's in the next room like you know I could just walk in there and be like, "Yo, Patrick, what's up?" Or sometimes I have dreams where he's alive, we are gisting, and in that dream, I remember that he has died. And I start crying immediately. So I actually wake up with tears in my eyes. Crazy. You know, when I when, when those things happen, I am tempted to just stay in bed and just um you know, you know what? You know, it's okay to have a bad day. But don't be stuck there. There's nothing wrong with having a bad day. We're all human. It's only normal. But don't be stuck. Don't stay there because life 
like a train will keep moving. You either get moving to or you get left behind. And I don't want to get left behind. I don't want to be known as a used to, oh, that girl, she used to be so beautiful. She used to be so alive. She used to be so, no, you know, I want to be that girl where people look at me like, oh, wow, this girl has taken a lot of hits. But despite what happened to her, she's even more this, more that, more this, more that than she was before. If she was talented before, she's more talented. If she was beautiful before, she's even more beautiful now. If she was happy before, she's even more happy now. You know, I want to move forward with life. It, it, it's, it's all a decision. We all have bad days. We have days where we take hits, especially when it comes to grief. It will hit you so hard on, on some days, like his birthdays, wedding anniversaries, Valentine's Day, you know. But you have to decide, wake up. I'm going to have a good day today, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Amazing. I was really saying that um, even learning, hearing from you and also learning, actually, because it's, it's like I, the strength I see and it's, it has to only come from God because when you look at it, um, humanly speaking, it's not safe to actually be this way. Yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah, it's, I it, saw, it doesn't make sense to a lot of people, and it upsets them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw you that because I, I, I took my time to actually check, you know, while it was alive, and I can say now that you are really beautiful. You dress, you dress very well. You don't, you don't even look like um, someone that has had such a very um, traumatic experience. And I, I must say that you are really a beacon of hope to anyone that cares to see it that way. Thank God. Yeah. Thank, thank God for that. Thank you so much. Okay, finally, I want to ask you a question before the final one. Is this something you would okay. like society to know about widowhood? Like, okay, if you had a, a, a like, aside this, your Instagram and everything, like a platform to actually scream it loud that society, I want you guys to know this. What would it be? Okay. Um, widows are human. Widowhood is not a is not a curse. Widowhood is not an avenue. You know, people just assume that when you are a widow, just shrink back, go somewhere dark, wear your black clothes, just be quiet. You know, oh, you are a widow now. Just be there, be like that for the rest of your life. Why people pass you by and say, oh, hey, yeah, oh, aha, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, when people meet me. I mean, some people who used to say a hey, yeah and sorry in the early days of my widowhood, when they see me now, it's like they are upset or something because I don't, I don't need them to be sorry for me. If you want to be, if you want, if you want to be friends, we will be friends, but I don't need you all the time. Like, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to play the victim. Widows are not victims. The circumstance, the, the circumstance in which they were, they were, they were, um, yeah, maybe they were victims at that point, a victim of circumstance, but they're not going to stay that way forever. Widows have a life. Widows have a right to remarry if they want to. You know, we're, widows have a right to have good jobs. People, when they hear widow, they just think of a 70-year-old woman in dark clothes. I mean, 
<laughs> I've spoken to so many widows. Sometimes I think it's becoming a pandemic. Young widows that are not 35 yet, that are, you know, work nine to work nine to five, doctors, nurses, um, business women, and they are widows. But you will never tell. They will never tell you because society just doesn't want to talk about that that kind of stuff. So. I mean, somebody even told me once that, oh, why do you always use that word widow? It's, it's too strong. When you're a wife or a husband or you're HIV positive or you're gay, um, do, people, um, do people expect you to replace it with something else? No, everybody proudly um, flaunts their st- status. So being a widow is what life has thrown at me. That's what I am right now. And I am going to, for as long as I can, I am going to own my season. I will own this season. So widows are not, they are not a pariah where you you wrap up rice at the end of each year to go and give. No. Thank you so much um, for these um, words. And I'm sure anyone that is, I want to ask your final message or final words, but I think you have mentioned it in your, previous statements we don't it's not a yeah. it's um yeah um, it's just a, a circumstance that happened if they had a choice they wouldn't have chosen but it has happened and then we have to move. yeah we have to live life we have to move forward we can't stay in a place True. and um, just stay there and life is moving and we're just in a place because we've lost somebody or another person okay um so finally i would like you to give your words to anyone grieving that is listening to this how should the person draw strength how would you because you see joy and as i said before it's not a function of what has happened it's a deliberate effort to be that way so yeah. how would you um give, what would you tell any grieving person or someone that has lost a loved one and feels like oh, this life has ended i have to, I have to also go so finally I want you to know that healing is possible. You can heal from this pain if you want to. Um, take your time, grieve, he- grieve how you want to grieve, not how society thinks you should grieve. Grieve, and that when you're ready, rise up again, like a phoenix that rises up from the ashes. Rise up again. Thank you so much. It was such um, a very wonderful time with you, and I enjoyed every bit of it. Even for me, I see um, this widowed stage in all different lights, and we have to be very careful um, on what we say to people, how we expect people yeah. to act. Like it's so ridiculous. You don't have to tell people you have to do it a certain way. Let them do it. Exactly. Let them move on the way they want to move let them move forward the way they want to move forward thank you so much yeah. for this interview once again i am sure that thank our listeners, <laughs> they are going to learn one thing or another anyone that's listening to this and feels that life has ended you can see um, a living example like having to lose someone and get pregnant and be pregnant at the same time is something i don't even want to imagine but you can see that in in all of it she has found strength she has found and chosen joy. She has chosen to live life and not just um, 
sit back and watch life move forward when she just sits back. So you also can do the same thing. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope to have you some other time. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very grateful for this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So that's all on Gist with OJA for today. It was such a beautiful time to learn, unlearn and relearn. I enjoyed the interview so much with Joanne. Many thanks to you, Joanne. Remember, life will always come very hard at us. You have to pick yourself up even when it's not easy and find your way through life's twists and turns. If there is something you will take home today, joy is a deliberate effort. It's not a function of what is happening around or what you feel. It's a choice to remain joyous. I wish you have a splendid week and please do not forget to send me a mail to notify me of your interest. If you would like your story to be featured on this podcast, send the mail to the gist with oj at gmail.com all in lowercase thank you have an amazing week as we look forward to having our next guest bye